Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Thank you so much. It has been a real pleasure having Eric and Chris helping us uh, with the praise band up in the youth room. It's been really great, and I'm glad that uh, you had an opportunity to share so everybody could see, too. Amen. So I've said this in the past that uh, um, this is my most favorite and unfavorite uh, um, service of the of the year. It's a great opportunity to celebrate the graduation of our grads, but at the same time, it's really a tough time to uh, celebrate the graduation of our grads. So let's just dive right in. I have some words that I've uh, I've picked for them. Uh, you get to listen in, and uh, we'll we'll go through scriptures together. Uh, when I was a, a little kid, uh, five, six, even, I think, I think it continued on until I was about eight. Uh, my big brother, who's eight years older than I am, um, uh, whenever we would go up for the summer to, uh, where our cottage, which later became my home where I grew up, um, up on, on the beach in, in Leland County, uh, my brother to, to, to get rid of the boredom in his life in the summertime, um, he would devise these treasure hunts for me, and he would hide the next clue all over. He'd have them in the house. He'd, he'd go down to the beach, and he'd put them under certain rocks. Um, and I, it's a it's a four-mile beach, four-mile-long beach, and I'm supposed to go find a clue under a rock. Um, but he would he would lay out these elaborate uh, elaborate notes and clues, and sometimes there would be little portions that would be like a map. And I'd, I'd, I'd take those with me and I'd find the next place, find the tree, that, that, and then I'd find the next clue. And, and over the years of doing this, I mean, I, I, I understood what was at the end of the treasure hunt. A really nice big candy bar. And, and I couldn't wait to find that candy bar. What my brother didn't know, though, was the joy of the treasure hunt really was better than the candy bar. For me, just to be to be searching, to be digging and to be looking and to be doing something that I was called into, invited into by my brother, was so awesome for me to do. I'm holding God's treasure map. You've got one too, I hope. And hopefully you're digging and searching and looking and enjoying the search, enjoying the time that you have with God as you look into His Word. Maybe you're unturning rock, overturning rocks and, and seeking for the next thing, the next revelation. Are you a treasure seeker? Are you a treasure seeker? This faith into which God has called us is a supernatural experience. And He has invited us to join him in a supernatural experience. I'd like you to open your Bibles now to Ephesians chapter 1. Boy, what a beautiful day, huh? We weren't supposed to have this beautiful day. Last week we were informed it was going to be cloudy and possibly rain. 
So I asked a lot of people to pray because after in this evening we're going to have uh, our uh, big barbecue for the for the senior high youth group and the seniors all get a special meal made for them and I thought boy we haven't been rained out yet and this could be the year but a bunch of people prayed and look what happened it's awesome thank you father for this beautiful day that you've given us so let's uh, actually let's go to the word let's go to the lord before we get into the word i'm going to take a sip first Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day that you've given us, this opportunity to open your word, to dive into the treasure map, to see the riches and the blessing that you have invited us into, that you have created for us and you have created for your glory. We just pray, Lord, that as we as we move through what the Apostle Paul has shared with us in Ephesians, that our lives will be enriched and we will be just even more struck in awe and wonder of what an amazing God you are and how incredible your mercy and blessing is upon us. So I ask these things in your son's name. Amen. So we're going to just uh, we're just going to start reading in Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, I have a note. I just noticed this. It's the pen, I wrote it in pencil pretty confident when I was a student at Grace Bible College during one of my classes, and it's, it's like fading, and I was wondering, I had to look at it, and I thought, what is this? It, from one of my theology classes, it's a reminder, and I, I, I just saw this as I was sitting up front, so I, I didn't really, that apparently uh, verses 1 through 16 in the original text is one sentence. So, I'm going to tackle one sentence today, and you'll have to memorize one sentence for uh, for your study. Paul... It says in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Paul's identifying himself right off the bat, an apostle, one sent, one sent by the willful act of God. Think about that for a second. The willful act of God. God has willed Paul to be sent. And God called him and invited him into a role of ministry to others on God's behalf. So Paul is, a res- is responded to the call of God and is now sent by the will of God. And he identifies uh, the Ephesians as the faithful. To the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. So Paul was invited to pick up his pen and write the very words of God that, as they were breathed into him by the Holy Spirit. And then he was directed to move his body and minister, to do acts of ministry. And the, and the Ephesians were considered people who were faithful. So I've got to assume that the Ephesians also responded. Responded to God's call. Responded to who they were in Christ. And responded to do ministry themselves. They're the faithful. But to tell you the truth, I'm not totally convinced that Paul's calling them the faithful because of what they've done, the, the Ephesians. I think he may be calling them the faithful because of who they are now in Christ Jesus. See, we become something new when we put our trust and faith in Christ. And God makes us and provides for us and orchestrates, as we're about to see. 
But I'm curious. I wonder what you have been invited into. I don't mean the relationship with Christ. I mean after that. What ministry have you been called into? Where is God sending you as he has sent the Apostle Paul, as he has sent the Ephesian believers? Where has he sent you? Um, I, there's something I noticed. You've got the, you've got, you should all have the, this, uh, the bio information for, in the bulletin from all the grants. And there was something I did. You can see that I, I've, or maybe you can see I highlight mine. And what I highlight, I had two things that came up on, on all throughout. And by the way, there's some places where I didn't highlight it, but I know it's there. Every single one, every single one of our graduates this year have, have some connection to VBA. They were either in VBA, enjoyed it so much, were ministered to and taught how to minister, and then they were sent in to be ministers in Vacation Bible Adventure. They've been a part of this since the beginning. And the other thing that I, I highlight was Awana. And look at how many times VBA and Awana come up in the lives of our students. They responded to the invitation that Christ offered them. And then they followed willfully into being sent to minister. Uh, Gary wasn't aware that I was going to do this, and I want to put a little plug in. Uh, Cliff, could you put up uh, that little infographic for me? So this was from last year. We had 190 students last year, and a core staffing, uh, a core adult staffing, not core, not everybody. There were more people that worked with the VBA, but the core staffing, to run a VBA for 190 people, you need 52 uh, adults working or, or core leaders working in this ministry. So that's what we had last year. Now, since since Thursday, this inf my infographic has been updated. And I'll need to. So the next, so this year, where we're at right now, um, you see on the left, I've got three different colors. They they don't show well on the projector, but the the top row of orangish dots represents where we were last year at this time for student registrations for VBA. Okay? The, the yellow coming down represents where we're at. We're way ahead. Okay? Uh, what are we? We're, we're, we're actually at 122 right now, not 118. Now, on the other side, you see the core staffing and where Susie's at for leaders. For core staffing. Right? Now, this number's been updated. Now, thank you, Lord, to 32. 32, but we need more. And as Gary said, you know, we, we may experience this large... Well, actually, no. We may not be able to experience that large number of kids in our VBA program because Susie needs that number to do 190. And so far, she doesn't have it. And, and I, I thought, would it not be horrible 
to turn kids away. That's all I'm saying. It's been a really valuable part of these graduates' lives. Um, as a matter of fact, you know what? I'd like to do this. Um, family of the graduates, would you mind standing up, please? And remain standing, please. Okay. You have played an important part in the lives of the graduates. Okay. If you were one of the graduates' VBA VBA workers, Sunday school teachers, any ministry in the church in which you served and worked with these kids, Awana, would you please stand? And everybody remain standing. Thank you. Thank you, because um, I never think that I do this work alone. If you're one of the youth leaders, please stand up. Yes, stand up. We don't do this alone. God's called you. You responded, thank you. You can be seated. Verse 3. Pardon me. Verse 2. Grace and peace to you from, the Lord, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. I know what that means. But the thing is, these are not words of head knowledge. These are words of experience. In order to understand grace and peace, you need to experience them. And God is the author of grace and peace, the Apostle Paul says. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every blessing, every spiritual blessing in Christ. Did you notice what it doesn't say? Paul didn't say he has blessed us in the earthly realms. Oh, he's done that too. But Paul's emphasizing the spiritual realm because often we confuse the material with our with the real rea- our reality of spiritual life. When Paul is saying we've been blessed in the spiritual realms, and I'm thinking, what are these blessings? Whatever they are, they're abundant. And Paul says we have all of them. Wrap your head around that for just a second. God is blessing us with all the blessings. Not just some for you. And I'm going to give you a few. And where's Keith? Keith Kemper? Keith, you get a couple blessings. And um, John Bates, you get more than he does. No. God has blessed us with all the spiritual blessings. Thank you, Jesus. What keeps us from from not seeing the blessings. What gets in the way? I think that we see the blessings when we are in deep communion with the Trinity. But what steals our attention? What knocks us off the treasure map? What takes us away? What keeps us from experiencing grace and peace? 
Why is it that we feel so led sometimes to dive into the earthly blessings and ignore the spiritual ones? I don't know. But maybe the verse 4 is going to help us understand that. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. A couple weeks back, I had someone stop in my office and we were talking about prayer. And they asked me a question that I thought was really, well, it was very deep and it was very important. See, we had been praying for um, that baby. Do you remember baby Rowan? That God would spare his life. And the person who stopped in to talk with me said, what was the point of our praying? God was just going to do whatever he wanted anyways, and he took that child. That's pretty serious. And, and that's there's a lot of hurt, obviously. And, and I gave this person my best theological answer, which was, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, as we talked about prayer... It started to occur to me that the approach to this prayer was like treating God like a vending machine. God, I'll take one of these and two of those, and oh, by the way, I really don't want that. But what God is calling us into is a deep relationship of communion with Him. See, our egocentricity turns the God of the universe into the God of my universe. And often, we miss sight of the invitation of what prayer is. And why I say that is because I know that this verse, verse 4, often gets used as a, a, a verse for predestination or an argument of predestination. Did God pick some people in before creation? No. I think that's an egocentric view. I think we need to look at what it is that it's saying here. He chose us in Him before the creation of the world for a purpose. To be holy. To be blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace. That's why. It's not about us. It's about Him. It's always been about Him. In love. It says, man, how awesome is that? God did this in love and not just an emotional response, but also as a responsive action. God responded to his own love that he holds for himself in the Trinity. Um, little theology term for you here. There's, there's an economic Trinity, one way of studying the Trinity, and the ontological the ontological trinity is the origin of it and how did God be in the essence of his being. And the economic trinity is how the three persons of the trinity interact with each other. How Jesus responds to the will of the Father and the Spirit responds to the will of the Father and the Son and how they, how they minister and act together. In the ontological trinity, the deep, overwhelming love the three persons have for each other overflowing, incredible is poured out 
into us. In love. In love he chose us. In love he has been carrying us in his heart and mind since before creation. That's immense and unfathomable. Unfathomable. No wonder Paul sings the praises of God in response to this great and all-encompassing love. God responded in love to imagine us, in love to create us, and in love to redeem us, all of which before we even came into existence. God is love. God is in love, and he loves us with the same ferocious love with which he loves himself. In him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. That's the treasure map. God's blessings are pouring out right there. We are now no longer slaves to sin. We are slaves to righteousness. Our whole identities have been remade and renewed through God's own lifeblood. This gift that none of us deserves, not one of us deserves, is beyond the wealth of anyone's comprehension, and we cannot contain it because it is abounding, overflowing. This treasure map of blessings in Christ is Christ revealing God to us. It's not only of God within us and about us. It's a wisdom and understanding that we're being called in that we receive only as new creations. Paul is saying to us, now that you're in Christ, you can now experience God and all the riches. Verse 11, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. God has a plan for your life. God's got a plan for my life. God's got a plan for our lives. God's plan is perfect. Its execution is exact. Its details are well thought out and there is no margin of error. God's plan has no mistakes. And we were chosen to be a part of that plan. In all of our strength, in all of our frailty, in all of our pride, in all of our humility, in all of our sin, in all of our obedience, we have been called into something greater than our own experience apart from God. In all of that experience apart from God, we've been called into something greater. And, and that plan that God has has been worked out ahead of us. So even when there's calamity, even when there is 
a world which causes us to sometimes despair, we need to remember God is in control. And we're invited in. Verses 13 and 14. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Have you seen that, by the way? Have you caught that? To the praise of his glory keeps to the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. It's about him. God chose us and we get to choose back. This is our, I like to play with words, this is our response ability. It's our responsibility. We get to respond to the lead of God. We have an ability to respond because of who we now are in Christ as new creations. And that we now and forevermore bear a recognizable seal of blessing. The Holy Spirit has stamped His name upon our souls. We belong to the King. God owns me. Say that to yourself. God owns me. Okay, say it to yourself three times in a row. How does it make you feel? Okay. Say it to the person next to you three times. I double dog dare you to just walk up to somebody that you know and just, you know, at work or school or whatever and just walk up and go, God owns me. That, I guarantee, is going to open a spiritual conversation for you. However, what I would love for you to do is to consider what that means. What Paul is telling us. God owns me. He's given me all spiritual blessings. He's holding nothing back. He loves me with a furious, passionate, incredible love that burns like a wildfire. God loves me. He owns me. This life is a treasure hunt. I'm going to, in a second, call you guys up here. But uh, I want to say something that uh, when I, I when I first started here, I've been, this is my... Uh, 16th, 17th year of pastoral youth ministry. Uh, before that, I was doing youth ministry as a volunteer at our church, and I was also, uh, as a restaurant manager, I was in charge of all the teenagers, and I did ministry with them there for about five years. So I've been, been doing this for a, a little while. And when I started here, um, one of my one of my leaders heard one of my lessons and, and uh, they said to me, uh, it's really awesome that you're teaching these kids to love their church. Now, I'm going to say something kind of controversial here, I think, but, it, but you'll get it. 
You'll get what I'm saying. My response was, oh my goodness, no. That, that's, that's not my priority. And, and they looked at me a little surprised. But why wouldn't you want the kids to love their church? I said, my priority is that you guys are going to love Jesus. You're going to love him and you're going to search the word and you're going to get to know him and you're going to know him and you're going to know him. Because one day I said they're going to graduate and they may go around the country to different places and they're going to look for a church. And I don't want them to walk into a church and say, man, I love this church. Because, because Jesus might not be there. I want you to know Jesus so when you show up at a church and you say, ah, the Spirit of God is in this room. Jesus is here and His Word is being preached. I want you to love Jesus. I want you to love Jesus. And by the way, I'm very thankful you love your church. But you guys, uh, I'd like to ask the grads to come on up. So just kind of come on up here so everybody can see you. They don't. They, we we didn't rehearse this, so so everybody can just see. We've got this thing that we uh, um, I cook dinner for them, and they all get a they all get their special meal. So um, Colin's going to be diving into like everybody's meal. He's got the the everybody's meal thing going on. So. Um, Colin, uh, it's been just amazing watching you and having you back in the sound booth and you're moving on to doing that. That's what you like to do with your, your future. I'm not going to go through everything. You read these, okay? But it's been really awesome uh, watching you in VBA, how you throw yourself into stuff. It's just the passion that you have for, for doing ministry, especially with kids. It's just excellent and, and incredible, and it's going to – don't go too far because it's, we're, she'll, we'll miss you. Um, I'm kind of going totally shotgun here. I'm not going in order. Bethany, when you started, when you when you came and joined us, um, what what a breath of 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 incredible, beautiful, fresh hair. Um, you came in. She took notes in her in Sunday school. I mean, what? And 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 and. Uh, you always ask great questions. You ask deep questions, and, and watching you with my daughter, and and with Rachel. Oh man, what a what a team we had of these just this, these God girls who just prayed and sought God's will and talked theology. Oh, overwhelming. I'm so so thankful. Can you stick around for? Can you all stick around for just like in a couple four more years at least? You know, like that. Solomon, man, what a ride. What a ride. You've, you, you've, you've been all over. And I tell you, walking with you through your time when you were at the academy, watching a transformation in you take place, um, hearing you struggle and how you overcame your struggles. Don't lose sight of that. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. You are equipped to face every challenge. God has given you every blessing. 
Don't let the world distract you and tell you other. Ezra, 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 <laughs> so I challenged her to, to all of them to like, you know, hey, if you've got any questions on the lesson or all of a sudden I start getting notes. I start getting notes after Sunday school. I'm not talking notes. I'm talking pages of notes, questions about the sermon, questions about Sunday school, questions about youth group, questions about this part of the Bible. How did we get the Bible? Where did, the Bible, where did this one? And it just, it, I was like, this is awesome. And I started trying to answer her in, in writing. And then I realized I could be doing this for two to five hours a week. And I'm not kidding. Um, and so, so you want to know? I bought her a book. So I bought her a book and she comes back and she says, what's up with this on page? I'm like, you're kidding. So we, I'm like, and she's, you know, your hunger, don't, it's kind of like what we talked about a little bit in Sunday school today. Go to the banquet table. Don't settle for fast food. God has this amazing banquet for you. And I am so pleased that you, that you got a taste and you want more. Keep going for more. Audrey, she laughs at all of my jokes. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your seriousness. And yet, all wrapped up in play. You take the matter of studying God so seriously, and yet you dance with him. It's so obvious that you dance with Jesus, and it's so beautiful. And I thank you for the encouragement that you have been for me, that you don't know that you've been an encouragement for me. I thank you for that. Um, I had an opportunity to, to watch her in speech and debate. Wow. You're given tools. You've been sharpening those tools. You've been given gifts. You've been given gifts from God. Use them for His glory. Use them for His glory. Ethan? Oh, man. Ethan is going to GBC. He's going to be going to Grace Bible College, studying pastoral ministry. Um, I'm already getting like, you know, which Greek book did you use? Okay, well, it's fine. Here, which, what about this theology book? And I've been giving him, you know, some leads and some ways to go. You, um, I remember one time in youth group, we were, we were having a, a, a discussion and talking about, um, an event in someone's life that was pretty difficult. And as we were like, wow, everybody was trying to get more information about it. You stopped the whole lesson and you said, Hold on, why don't we pray? And I'm like, absolutely. And I appreciated your desire then and your desire often to, to, to get us all back on track and say, look, that's, that's an experience, but let's talk to God. Let's bring this to God. Let's invite God into this. Your studies at GBC are going to be hard. And you're going to be required to really stuff in a lot of theology. My advice to you is don't lose track that it's about God and experiencing Him. And it's not, don't make it academic. Watch out for that trap. Stepping into there.
Hi. So, you're the last of my children. The blue-eyed one. All of us are brown-eyed. We got the blue-eyed boy. You taught me so much. You still teach me. I love your desire for people. I love your loyalty to your friends. I love your commitment to uh, to your family. I have so many things that I want to say to you. And I, I pray that God gives us a long life together so that we can continue to sharpen each other. I'm very thankful for you. And I just want to congratulate all of you on reaching this momentous occasion in your life. There's another page that you're going to step out this door and into a new chapter. And may God be with you as you go through that. I, By the way, I, I yay, more books. I got you... Uh, I got you each a book. I, I give this out every year. It's, an, it's, a, it's a really powerful book, and I encourage you. And every, I encourage every one of my students, please read this before you get to college. It's called The Journey. It's by Peter Kreeft, and uh, it's a spiritual roadmap for modern pilgrims. It's a short book. And by the way, I didn't even make them pay 20 cents. <laughs> I will say this. I have yet to have seen this book in our book sale. I'll tell you that. People hang on to this one. And by the way, Ethan, uh, I think it's one of the core curriculum for uh, your philosophy class at QBC. So there you go. You got to score to another book. (laughs) I want to give you those books. It's a it's a it's a really interesting roadmap through philosophy and how the world is trying to take you one direction and God is calling you in his. And it's a really excellent book there. Um, Why don't I'm going to ask the worship band. You guys can whoever's helping transition. Um, and the rest of you can have a seat. And I'm going to ask Pastor Jim to pray at the end of the service. Okay? Um, before you guys start, all you're getting ready to transition, just another reminder that uh, after the service, the grads are going to follow me out. Uh, I think John's going to take our picture outside, and then the, they're all going to head into the gym where their, their tables are set up. Please stop in and congratulate them. Stop in and talk with them. If you get there before we do, just wait for them. Uh, but we really welcome your presence down in the L.A. Peterson Youth Center. If you could please stand with us. We're going to sing My Redeemer Lives. This is one of our favorite loud night songs, so it's a little bit... More high energy than we just experienced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to end it off with a bang. And she plays cowbell. <laughs> I'd like, if you just remain standing, I want to ask the seniors to come on, meet me right over here. Uh, Pastor Jim is going to come up in just a moment, and he's going to pray a blessing over you. Um, I have one more passage to read for you. Everything that Paul just said, he then says this. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for all of you. 
Remembering you in my prayers, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. You've been given an amazing gift. We all have. Stay anchored and rooted in Christ Jesus. Pastor Jim? No hug, thanks. <laughs> I said we're a prayer together, and come and join us for the reception down here. And I'm going to invite the young people after I pray. If you'll be dismissed first, you can go down there. They each have a little table, some memorabilia from their years of service here in high school. And these kids mean an awful lot to us all. And I think it would be appropriate for you just to give them a hand and just encourage them. Would you please? want all of them to know that you always have a place where you will be loved and cared for, that you have a church home, and uh, we just uh, love you, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what God has for all you in the future. Thank you so much, all of you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness, your love. You're just so good to us. We can call you our Father today. And Father, I thank you that each of these young people, uh, all of us, and all of us on staff, as Pastor Kevin and Gary and Susie and myself, we've all been involved with them, and we've seen their growth. We know they've accepted you as Savior. We have no doubt about that, and we have no doubt about their love for you. It's been such a joy to watch them not only grow, but to serve and to give back to this congregation, to their community. And, Lord, uh, we just ask your blessing upon them. We know you'll be good to them. You'll take care of them. And, Father, we look forward to hearing uh, just wonderful, wonderful messages of the ministry that you're going to give them as they're going to continue to grow and to serve others. We thank you again for a place to come, to worship, to gather, to lift up your holy name. And we go forth rejoicing in the joy of our salvation this day in Christ our Savior's name. All God's people can say together, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us, young people. Be dismissed. We're going to see you down the reception. Thank you, guys.